Welcome to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I'm Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who, when I lose control, I can only breathe his name. I can only breathe his name. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Uh, hola, Ben. I mean, I'm touched. Absolutely. So for this episode, we have a special guest. You'll remember her as the lead singer of Sixpence None the Richer. That's the band responsible for the wildly catchy and popular Kiss Me Among Countless Other Tunes. She's released a number of solo records, including a number of singles this year, including My Love, My Drug and the wildly hypnotic Don't Let Me Die in Dallas. Please welcome to the podcast, Lee Nash. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Our pleasure. So, so Lee, the, the premise of our podcast is fairly simple. We talk about music, but we ask the all-important question at the beginning of each of our podcast episodes. So I'm going to throw this out to you first. So what T-shirt are you wearing? Well, I don't know what makes you assume I'm wearing a T-shirt. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really a t-shirt gal. I thought about putting a t-shirt on just because you were going to ask this, but if I'm just being honest, I'm just wearing a thermal uh, underwear shirt, you know, like those black, it's really cold outside here. I'm not outside, but I'm cold all the time. So I'm wearing a, a, a beanie and, and a black thermal long underwear shirt. And you're in Nashville, correct? That's right. We just had a pretty... Pretty hefty cold front move in. I was just in Detroit yesterday for work, and I froze my butt off. It was like oh, I bet. 28 oh, degrees. Kind of yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. And I'm not used to that because I'm, I live here in Florida, so I'm, oh I'm, in a, I'm in T-shirt and shorts right now and completely okay. barefoot, okay. and I can't even think about thermals right now oh that's so nice that's nice well i, I enjoy the, the you know the season changing and all that but i i really get uh i get cold i'm under a heated blanket i've got cats <laughs> you know any i got i actually have animals to keep me warm that's that's a new level of desperation that's There's, wild there you go there you go <laughs> all right yeah. so 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 wayne how about you what t-shirt are you wearing I'm wearing the uh, the underappreciated Some Girls uh, Rolling Stone album cover. Excellent. Wonderful. All right. I'm I'm wearing a brand new T-shirt. So last week, I went to the downtown St. Petersburg, that's St. Petersburg, Florida, Songwriters Festival, and had a fantastic time. Modest Yahoo was the... The headliner. I'm not wearing a modest Yahoo shirt. I'm wearing the the festival T-shirt, and I, I wanted to I wanted to chat with you guys to see if you've ever had this experience. So, striking matches. Uh, Sarah from Striking Matches, who we're going to have on in a couple weeks, uh, was kind enough to get me a ticket for the event. And before the headliner. Uh, so Ed Rowland and Jesse Triplett from Collective Soul were yeah. paired up with Mark Sibilia. And oh, yeah. it, do you know Mark? Mark? I do. He's wonderful. So I was not terribly familiar with Mark. Um, and so they were paired up. They were in a really small little bar. And you could tell that everybody was there to see Collective Soul. And then Mark That's started. So great. Yeah. And he stole 
the show. Oh like, my god! Like to the point where um, Collective Soul got done, you know, sing and shine, acoustic version of Shine, and then they said, "Mark, sing a few more songs for the crowd." And that is awesome. I've, I, it's been a a long time since I've had one of those experiences where, like the lesser known artist kind of stole the show, but he totally stole the show. That is so cool. I'm going to let him know you said that. That'll okay. make his, make his week. That's amazing. I, I did tweet at him and told him that it was, Good. that it was a magical experience. So, so either one of you had one of those experiences where you didn't have a whole lot of, of knowledge about somebody, but you walked away being a diehard fan after that experience i definitely have do you want to hear mine first or wayne do you want to do you want to say yours no go ahead lee well this is kind of weird i'm i've got some real i i have a lot of weird tendencies and kind of taste in music i wouldn't say weird it's just varied and kind of eclectic i guess but i went to see colin hay which i mean that's a great choice. Love him. Um, at ten at ten pan south. This was maybe well, fourteen years ago or something. At ten pan south, ten pan south is a songwriter festival here in Nashville, and um, and I heard him. And I guess somebody couldn't make it that night. I can't remember who it was, but Richard, an artist, a songwriter named Richard Lee, um, took the place of whoever couldn't be there. And I heard like two of his songs and I was sold for life. And I've been a fan of that guy forever and um, have since become a, a you know friend of his. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's incredible. And he, he did, he out, he outshone uh, old Colin. Hey, Hey, Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that That's awesome. I am not familiar with Richard Lee. I'm going to have to go, uh, go look him up. Yeah. It's spelled like L E I G H. Um, he's really old school. He, um, you kind of have to buy his music from him, which is kind of frustrating because a lot of times I just want to get on, you know, Apple Music or yeah. iTunes and just buy everything and you can't. But um, he wrote a bunch of Crystal Gale hits. He's written a lot of hits in general. He wrote Don't It Make My, My Brown Eyes Blue. Um, oh. But when you hear him do his, his solo stuff, it'll just knock you out. He's insane. Yeah, that that that's awesome. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, and, and and part of that whole singer songwriter festival was they brought a lot of of writers in who you knew their stuff but didn't necessarily know them. So Aaron right. Barker, um, who's yeah. written a ton of stuff for George Strait, so I I oh, cool. I, I, I saw him as well, and yeah, it was just an overall it was a it was a great festival. Um, I can't say enough nice things about the festival. This was the first year that they did it, so I'm hoping that there will be there will be more of that. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, so great great experience that's, and um, wearing the shirt proudly. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, let's let's ask a couple questions before we jump into the record that you chose. So um, I guess I I should probably start with are you are you tired of questions about Kiss Me? No, not at all. Actually, no. Okay, well, I'm not going to ask you any questions about Kiss Me. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I, Thank I, you so much. 
I have to tell you that I was not initially on the sixpence train because I kind of okay. got I kind of got sick of Kiss Me back back I get in, it. when was it 96 97 97 98 yeah okay yeah, yeah. I totally get it so but but I did jump on the train for Divine Discontent I love that record okay. um Thank you. and I have to tell you that Tonight is one of my favorite songs, and I'm not just pandering to the guest. I love song. that song too. Thank you. I do have to ask you. So, you you guys are known for a couple covers. So the right. the, the 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 laws. There she goes. Which I'm going to get back to you. I, I have a question for you on that one. But um, crowded houses don't dream it's over is on divine discontent. And you've also done um, recently you did a pretender song. Don't get me wrong. That was, that was released as a single. So how do you decide on the songs that you're going to end up covering? Well, I, I guess, I mean, it, it just depends on what the cover is. If I go back and I have somebody talked to me about this recently, like how many covers did Sixpence do? Because we did a ton of stuff for movie soundtracks where we were just asked to do specific songs and we weren't given the choice. Right. And I thought that is so fun. I mean, that is one of the funnest experiences as a as a singer um, to to get to to like translate it, not translate it, but just be a conduit for someone else's, you know, express, you know, just totally express it in your own way. It's 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 a, it's a really exciting thing for me. So we've done a ton of covers, but the ones that we chose to do were we just were huge fans of the song. Especially, I guess it all started with There She Goes. We were just doing that live as kind of a pick-me-up for the fans because we started, um, you know, in the early 90s. And by the time we started doing There She Goes live, it was probably 96. And we had no intention of recording it. We just loved the song and, and thought it was really fascinating that even though that... Um, song by the laws it was a hit but kind of a minor hit over here Mm -hmm. but it was an instant like people instantly remembered the clapping parts they would clap along and so it was just an instant favorite with the people at our shows and then the label uh saw one of those shows and and they made us record it (laughs) we wouldn't we weren't i don't think we ever would have recorded a song if we had not been 
made to. And I know it doesn't sound great. It doesn't speak very highly for labels, but I mean, we all know, we all know how that goes. We, 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 we actually do. We've, we've talked, yeah. we've talked to a lot of guests, uh, this year about, uh, label stuff. So yeah, yeah, we know all about that. Um, it was, it was a lot of, and we didn't mind with there she goes. We felt like that was pretty cool because we love the laws. It was, you know, it was like a one record and the, and they, they were done, you know, and, yeah. and they were, they had all this mystique. And so that one seemed kind of cool. Crowded House is one of our favorite bands, and that song definitely felt like it had its day. And then, but yeah, the label was like, "You guys do don't dream it's over, and we'll let you put out Divine Discontent." And uh, that's you know that sucks, <laughs> but gorgeous song. I'm so glad we got to do it. Yeah, it is a gorgeous song. You guys, you guys do a very very quality version of that cover. Thank you, thank you. I heard it in the grocery store the other day, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, we did all right. Yeah, you did okay. That's not bad. Yeah, we did all right. <laughs> so I got I got two additional questions for There She Goes. So the first okay. is, were you guys fans of So I Married an Axe Murderer? Because that's that's on the soundtrack there. Absolutely. Yes. That's the first place A I huge, heard it. Huge fans. Yes. I, I love that movie. Yes, absolutely. And then the second question is, what exactly is happening in the video for There She Goes? Because I've watched it a number of times, and I have no no idea what what the concept of that video was. I I don't either. It's just <laughs> I, I really don't. I really don't. It's an art show, and I you know I'm like slinking down that chair, and I really um it's one it's one of the videos I look back at if I ever do look at it because nobody likes to look at themselves, but I think. Oh, I, I looked really, really cute in that video. I don't mind looking at myself in it. And that's really all I think about. And I really love that actor that's in it. Um, uh, what is his name? I, can I, never know. I know. I was going to research that before. Adam something or uh, another. Adam, yeah, Adam. Uh, it is Adam. Yes. But I was a huge fan. So I was really um, nervous about being around him. And like everything he said was really funny. And I couldn't come up with stuff funny enough in time to say it and i think of stuff later and be like dang it why didn't i say that um at mark is it silverman the mark that that sounds oh, right come on all right anyway, wait yeah. while, while we're still talking go do some research i already am anyway, I'm okay. you're on it okay He's, he was fantastic but i'm sorry i can tell you i have it was just 
super arty. It wasn't my idea. They just, I just let them dress me and I smiled a lot. <laughs> and, and, and I'm, I'm assuming that that's probably the same answer you're going to give me when I ask. So for the video for breathe your name, what's the, what's the deal with the guy who's tearing the wallpaper off the walls? Yeah, same director. Okay. If that gives you any idea. It was no. Brandon Dickerson. Okay. And yeah, I mean, he's, he does cool stuff and um, he's really good friends with Matt Slocum, who's the, you know, my, my partner in the band. And so, yeah, Matt was like, hey, let's use Brandon for everything. Brandon's great. He did such a good job. And he wanted to do that video, like do a one, a one shot. Is that what you call it? So mm-hmm. it, it was just mainly really complicated. I felt for me because <laughs> um, I had the time I had to walk and be like exactly where they needed me at the exact right time. And so it was really stressful when I watched that video. I'm like, dang, I just remember the stress comes back to me right away. <laughs> and it was fun. I mean, it's all so much fun. It's not like I was out digging ditches. It's, right. it's good work. Yeah. yeah. So, so did he do the video also for don't dream it's over? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, wait a second. What is that? Oh that's, no, no. That's the one that was a different the, with the lamb. The goat. The lamb. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only reason I like that video uh, was just that I got to hold that lamb. That pretty much made my. That's the highlight of my career. If anybody ever asks, that's that's my answer. <laughs> um, that was really cool. But otherwise, it was just a pretty bizarre experience. I was on a treadmill for the scene where i'm it looks like i'm walking you know yeah and so them getting the speed right (laughs) like you know it it was just and i remember they there's some shots of my feet walking away and the director was not happy with the way my foot my foot and it still does it if i wear heels my foot turns weird when i walk and, and it's just it's me i can't help it and it, I felt incredibly just disheartened that I wasn't walking right. And, you know, those are the things that stick with me, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but I have the lamb that I can hold close to my heart. So. There, there you go. So was there any religious connotation for the lamb thing? Because I know, I know you, know you guys do a lot of religious type of songs. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely believers I mean I can't speak for the rest of them now I haven't talked to them today but at the time <laughs> they you know that was their belief system and it still is mine and uh I, I don't I think maybe the lamb represented newness and you know the song can you can think of that song in a lot of different ways it can be you know in temp- uh, interpreted a lot of ways and so I think anytime a lamb is there it can represent a rebirth or or something new um something not dying so I think that's that's maybe that's what it where it was coming from yeah all right Wayne did you did you find the 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 actor's name I have absolutely because the first the video started and I thought it was funny because I always recognize that guy from two roles dazed and confused and and friends oh and yeah, and uh, he was only in like one episode of Friends, but he s- completely stole it. But I think it's funny that you said Sil- Silverman because his name is Goldberg. Goldberg. So you're close. There you go. Adam Goldberg. Is it Adam? Yep. Yeah. You know what scene uh, I think of is um, what's the movie about uh, uh, the, the um, what in the world is it called? People are passing out in the theater. 
Uh, it's about D-Day, I think. The guys are coming up on the shore and everybody's dying. Oh, it's the saving Ryan. Ryan. That's was, right. That's right. Do you remember, Ryan. you remember that scene? Yeah. That's the scene of the ages. That is the most heartbreaking, horrendous scene I've ever seen in my life. So, yes. And that was him. That's right. I can't That's even right. think about it. Yeah, yeah. don't go there. <laughs> well, let's, anyway. Well, let's... <laughs> Let's let's switch gears then. Let's talk about new music. Yeah, let's let's talk about music. Because you're because <laughs> you're still making fantastic music, as evidenced by the 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 solid singles that I talked about at the, in the intro. By the way, how, how did I how did I do with the intro with uh, trying to weave oh, a song amazing. into Wayne's introduction? <laughs> oh, it was perfect. I okay. really, really, it was great. I appreciated it very much. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> so let's talk Don't Let Me Die in Dallas, because there's got to be a story behind it. The song oh. is just superb. Hello, he said, I'm almost out of time. In fact, I'm almost out of minutes. I'll finish day 35 in room. If you can get here real soon, I'll still be in it. Come see me, baby. I've got one more tale to tell. And the moral of the story is I'm sorry as hell. Well, it's too late to pretend it. All good things have to end it. I never Yeah, you didn't watch the YouTube video. She actually—I had heard the song and thought this is—I—I I, I loved it from the first time I heard it. And then I went to listen to it again, so I had something to say. And I actually caught a YouTube video where it's a live performance with you and just a guy on acoustic guitar, and you explain the story. And I can't yeah. believe ben, ben didn't didn't check that out. So you can tell the story, but I—I I already know it. Ben Ben needs to hear it. Apparently well, I well, it. I appreciate. No, I mean, you know, either way, I, I'd be happy to tell it. I um, I appreciate you saying that. I'm really glad that you like the song. I'm really proud of it. I, uh, it, it came to me about a year and a half ago. I wrote it with a great, a great songwriter here in town. Um, uh, anyway, but it's the the actual story came from me. Uh, I had a show in Dallas about uh, 13 years ago and my dad was still with us he since passed away um but he was going to meet me in dallas and come and see the show and my dad kind of growing up he was more like a brother and not so much like a father but in this instance i really needed to talk to him um more than anyone else that was going through um a divorce and was in a lot of pain and um just really, really needed my dad. My dad was somebody you could talk to about anything. And so anyway, I got down to to pretty much outside of Dallas. And then I got a phone call from him and he thought he was dying. Uh, he was a little bit of a hypochondriac, but, you know, regardless, you don't ignore someone when they when they think they're dying. And 
So he called from a prepaid calling card and, and he said, hello, I'm out of minutes. And I said, daddy, what's wrong? And um, he said he was out of minutes because he was always out of minutes on his calling card. <laughs> so anyway, um, he said, I'm checking into this motel. I'm here's I'm in this room. You know, you need to come here right away. So I was, you know, obviously really freaked out. Had just driven 10 hours from Nashville and needed to get to sound check, but I went straight to my dad and uh, he needed some bread and peanut butter. Some, he was felt like he was just, you know, he was having some sort of event, you know, and needed some protein or something. So I got him what he needed, uh, went to the sound check, did the show, came back to him. And we ended up having a really epic conversation in that motel room. And that's what the song's about. And he didn't, um, he didn't die in Dallas. Uh, he died a year later and um in that year he he wasn't sick the whole year um he died really suddenly and I'm thankful that he wasn't sick the whole year because I got to take him out on the road with me for about a week um but you know and he wasn't he wasn't sick we didn't think anything was wrong with him and um and that was wonderful. He did merch for me and everybody at the shows, like they weren't even paying attention to me. They were all friends with my dad by the time I was done with the show. And um, anyway, he was a wonderful, awesome man. And uh, yeah, the song's about him and that conversation that we had in Dallas. And uh, yeah, it's symbolic and significant of a lot of things. But yeah, it took about uh, 13 years to write. <laughs> well, it, and and did it take that long to write because of it being that personal to you or because it it's hopefully this doesn't come across uh as an insult because it's not not intended but a lot of your oh, songs okay. a lot of your songs come across as really hopeful and cheerful and yeah. and yeah. don't 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 let me die in Dallas is little more of a somber song not mm -hmm. one that i would necessarily equate with a lee nash song right still, still fantastic and i and i and i still see a little bit of that hopefulness in the song but you know the the, the right. lyrics lyrics on that are a little little darker than a, a kiss me you know right 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 for sure yeah I think so much, so, so much of it is about growing up and the older I get, and it's a benefit also of starting so young. I was only 15, 16 when I started performing and getting right. to seeing math, math, brilliant lyrics and being intimidated by them, but also learning from them, learning what's not, what doesn't work, what doesn't stick, what's not believable. I learned, I got such an education from him without even knowing it. <laughs> And I'm just now realizing it because when I sit down to write a song, I'm like, oh, that doesn't work because it's not true. It's, that's not true. So don't write it. And so I think it's made me a sharper songwriter. And and also I, I sat down with this guy. I think I just wrote it with the right person. I wrote it with this amazing songwriter named Tom Douglas. And I came into his studio that day and I you know, I knew I had, all right, this is a great opportunity. He's a great writer. So we need to write some, we don't need to waste time here. You know, I've got, I've got stories about things I want to write about. So I hope, you know, that we get something done. And so I told him the story and I was like, I swear, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. And I, I, I didn't, but I choked up just a little bit and he was sitting there typing on his computer and he was like, I'm not being rude. I'm just, I'm just like, you know, 
I'm just collecting thoughts of some of the stuff you're saying. And he turned his computer around. And the only thing that he had there was, hello, he said, I'm almost out of time. In fact, I'm almost out of minutes. And I just broke down. I was like, that, that is exactly where I needed to start for this song. And so we sat there and carved out the rest of it in a couple of hours. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's one of the most meaningful, beautiful songwriting experiences I've ever had, um, you know, because of the story, because I needed to tell it. And because Tom is, you know, he's an amazing songwriter and I learned a lot from him that day. So, um, yeah, I, and I, I, I hope to only tell the truth in my songs from this day forward. And that's what's happening more and more. I'm, I'm not interested in just writing, you know, fluff pieces unless I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> and I never, I never do. <laughs> Tom, I'm looking at Tom's, uh, Tom's Wikipedia page. He is no slouch as far no, as songwriters go. He wrote... So he wrote Miranda Lambert's The House That Built Me. He wrote Lady A's I Run to You. That's some good that's some good uh resume material right there. Yeah. Yeah, I did not want to waste that day. And he reminded me of my dad a little bit and there was just something about his presence where I felt like, Okay, this is the day. I hadn't decided to do that, to tell him the story until I sat down, but I felt I felt like I don't know, I just felt this this might be right and so we so we uh we we did it we wrote it it's awesome well i love the song yeah. spoiler alert it's probably probably going to make an appearance on my most listened to uh songs of 2019 but um nice. we're still Thank we're you. we're still putting that together so i got some okay. i got some big choices to make I don't know about you, Wayne, but okay. uh, that, that that's going to be a tough list to to put together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's be I hard to get it down. Yeah, whittle it down. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. Um, I got one last question before we jump into the record that you chose. So we, we've been we've been talking with all of our guests about a, a debate that Wayne and I have. So, Lee, okay. what is your opinion of? Toto's Africa, good or bad song? Oh my gosh, great song! That's what I wanted I mean, to hear. Thank you. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't offend anyone, but I'll never change my answer. Holy crap! All right, you. Well, we we we've got to convince Wayne somehow that it's a that it's a good song. Well. So Wayne, when you hear that song on the radio, you turn it off. No, you know what? I'm a I. I punish myself and I, I listen to the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel terrible about it afterwards. Well, I feel terrible about it too. That makes me so sad. Oh my God. Exactly. Exactly. It just so listening good. to those first few bars of that song just puts a big old smile on my face. So classic, classic yeah. man. Wayne's just a curmudgeon. That's all I can say. On that, <laughs> Sorry. So. I, re- right. I respect Not your true. opinion. No, that's all right. Exactly. All right. Well, Lee, 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 tell us what record you chose to revisit for uh, for this episode. Well, I chose Amy Mann's Mental Illness. Fantastic. And I, I love the pick. I love Amy. But I do have to ask you. So when I hear Amy, I hear a little bit of that woefulness in her voice, you know, that the, the somber tone of, of, 
of Amy. She's not exactly what I would call um, hopeful. Whereas right. with a lot of your songs, I do hear the the hopefulness and a side of cheeriness to go along with it. So, right. so I won't say that I was surprised by the pick, but yeah. a little a little surprised. So, yeah. so what what is it about Amy that uh, I don't know? D- describe um, describe how how you've you came to 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 become a an Amy fan and why you continue to to listen to her music. I think um, I always liked her. Every, everything I've ever heard, I thought, I, you know, the first time I heard her, I'm like, who's that? You know, you put it in your brain, like, okay, yeah, she's the real deal. I love her. But when when she put out Mental Illness and I saw the cover of the record, I mean, that's number one. <laughs> that appealed to me first. And, and I saw the, the, the first track is called Goose Snow Cone. I thought, this is a record that I've got to have. And it just, it spoke to every part of me. Uh, it, the whole record spoke to every part of me as the the woman that I am right now. I'm 43 years old. And then I started like looking into what she's up to these days and that she's 59. I think she was probably 58 when she put this out, but this is some of her best work. And it was so inspiring me to list for me to and so inspiring for me to listen to this and and just be stunned by the lyrics the melodies the harmonies the just the taste in production i was just not i'm just knocked out from beginning to end of uh, of the with the record just completely completely knocked out um she uh yeah she's one of my heroes for sure cool how about you, Wayne? Yeah. I, I'm assuming that uh, your introduction to Amy is probably similar to mine from the days of MTV. The Voices oh. Carry video from MTV? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I've been and uh, captivated with her since the moment I saw her and heard her sing. And I didn't follow her career when she went indie, but this, is, this was a pleasure to listen to because I hadn't sat down and listened to anything like this in a while. It also actually made me listen to Mike. As every time I think of Amy Mann, I think of Michael Penn. And I loved his album, uh, March, that came out in like 89. Yes. And oh, wow. I, I actually listen. went back and listened to that a little bit cool. during the week, too. Are you a I'll Romeo check that out. Black Jeans? It's Heathcliff. <laughs> What's that? It's Heathcliff, not Romeo. Oh, uh, is it yeah, Heathcliff? that's right. It's Heathcliff, yeah. Anyways, we're 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 going down a uh, Michael <laughs> Penn wormhole yeah. digression. We just took a left. <laughs> yeah, I and I have to tell you that uh, Amy, uh, I have an autograph of Amy on the Voices Carry record. It is uh, placed solidly on my wall between my Howard Jones autographed record and my Fix record, which is right next to my Elvis oh. Costello record. So. I'm oh my a, goodness! I'm I'm a fan of Amy. Um, I traveled a couple hours a few years ago when she did her little side project with Ted Leo, which was just amazing as well. And um, I, wow. I'm a big fan of Amy. So, yeah, well, that's good. I'm glad I didn't pick something that you guys couldn't get on get on board with, like friggin' Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you didn't pick a Tom Waits record because uh, I've already uh, got one oh my God. one past guest who hates me because I didn't just didn't uh, didn't enjoy it. So that could have been very likely. I love Tom Waits. 
Okay. But but but, but I didn't. I picked Amy Mann. We're on good. We're on good footing. We're on good terms. We're on good terms. All right. So yeah. let's 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 jump into the record. So as a reminder, our scoring is based on the number of songs on the record. Wayne, how many songs on this record? Eleven. You hesitated a moment. Did you have to count? <laughs> no, because that's my fear is one day I'm going to say the wrong number. And so I always <laughs> no, take you, you got it right. Yeah. Uh, so I, take, I mean, I just methodically make sure I'm right. There you go. So uh, top song's going to yeah. get 11 points. Next favorite, 10. On down to our lowest score of one. So this is our first song. This is Goose Snow Cone. Thought I saw it my feet in What exactly is a goose snow cone? I, 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 I have absolutely zero idea. I it's mean, not a flavor on not help. Did not that help me the, at all. The worst flavor at Baskin and Robbins ever. Uh, <laughs> now I heard that a friend of hers. It was a picture of a friend's cat, and it just the way. And I, I didn't find it, but uh, apparently the way it just—that's the word that. Those are the words that popped into her mind when she saw this picture of her friend's cat. That's adorable. God, she's so amazing. Interesting. <laughs> did you watch the yeah. video for Goose Snow Cone? Uh, I'm, I did not. I feel really stupid. No, I did not. I, I didn't know there was one. All right. So, I didn't so, know there was one. Yeah, yeah. So the premise of that video is her friend's cat is sick and they take her to a vet and it almost looks as though the cat is going to be a goner. And then okay. I guess the cat gets, you know, worked on by the vet and she's miraculously <laughs> healed. And I, like I'm watching this video and I'm already thinking, okay, this, this record is a real downer. And now the video is showing that this cat is dying. And I'm like, Amy, really? <laughs> Um, I know, but but there is a hopefulness at the end. The cat is fine, anyways. So, um, but I really, I I don't I don't feel like the record is a downer. It it doesn't strike me that way. It really doesn't. I mean, her voice has a little bit of a I wouldn't call it exactly like a mournfulness. I mean, maybe it's her melodies, but I just think it's really creative and really interest interesting. And you know. Uh, yeah, there's definitely some dark, there's some darkness, but I don't think the record as a whole is a downer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I would. Yeah, she, I read, she said something, she was describing it, but like to me, it's, there's a lot of, this is like the you know, human condition. It's not always, yeah. it's not always happy. Right. Exactly. 
And I and I think that there are some lines in this that address the whole concept or maybe not even the concept but the title of the record of mental illness so the the lyric of got to keep it together when your friends come by always checking the weather but they want to know why so got a little mental illness line is that a line about ocd of checking the weather all the time as well i took it as like seasonal depression like uh because the jingle bells Mm. give it a whole wintry feel and the li- when they said the line about the weather, the first thing it made me think of is like, well, I mean, I'm here in Washington. Uh, by about April, I can't. It's like you want to see the sun for, and it, right. you, it does affect your mood. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I got a total uh, seasonal kind of because the line about got to keep it together when your friends come by. It definitely reminded me. It made me feel like the song was about depression, and then so then that that line about the weather just kind of made it a little more because I could see yeah. with the the jingle bells, it just has this whole wintry feel, and I could just see yeah. this person snuggled up on a couch with a blanket, you know, looking at videos on their phone or looking at some yeah. you know their friends' Facebook pictures and stuff like that, and not interacting in the world, you know, kind of closing right. themselves not, off. Yeah, not not bathing, and then. Your friends come by and you've got to, you got to pull it together. <laughs> you just described my week. <laughs> I was going to say, and, but, and they're no, in thermals I, and they have a beanie and their animals are nearby <laughs> keeping them warm. Is that right, Lee? Oh yeah, totally, totally. But I, I could not agree with you more. That's, that's the vibe I get from that song as well. I love the Christmas bells that are going on. In yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. And the one, th- two things kind of, because as I listened to it over and over during the week, there were two lines in it that made me almost think like that it was uh, post-suicide, like someone looking back at their life. There was a line about uh, every look is a truce and it's written in stone. And then there was yeah. another line towards the end about I just wanted a place, but I ended up gone. So then it kind of oh, gave right. it this, it gives it a whole nother, like this whole nother layer on this. On yeah. this. Like, she is, she's exactly. a brilliant she really is. She is. She's an amazing lyricist. All right. Well, let's get some scores on this. So, uh, okay. Lee, your score? Goose Snow Cone for me was number Four. two for me, so it's it's ten. Ten. There you go. And Wayne? I gave it a six, but after just talking about it, that seems low. But that is what I have written down here. So, And this is my favorite I, song on the record, so I, I'm giving this an okay. 11. Now... Yeah, this is 10. Okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I know. it's 10 our, for me. It's my second favorite. Our scoring always uh, always uh, confuses people, so we get it. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I got it. I you're, got not, it you're not the first one, Lee. You'll, you'll, you'll okay. get it, but you'll, you'll figure it out by, like, song four. I promise. Okay, okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, I'm excited. <laughs> All right, next song is Stuck in the Past. Stuck in the past. I'll be falling down forever It happens so fast And then it happens forever I don't know what that arrangement was i 
And there's a ton of lyrics on here that I just put next in the margins. Someone explain, and then a little bit further, someone explain. So I don't know what's stuck in the past. I plan it only on paper. Guess I'm the last a living memory of vapor. Is there? Oh, that's my favorite line. Because so, that one. So explain I'm, it. When you think about it, well, vapor is it's almost nothing. It's like mist. It's like, it's not even there. And to be the memory of that, it's like almost like being a ghost, like being there, but people can't see you. Okay. Uh, And yeah, I, I I don't know. I I think it is. It's, It's like being a ghost because when she says, I don't know what that arrangement was. I can never tell like you could, you know, I always felt like somebody maybe, is was just not um just not where she was like in a relationship you know treating her almost like she's a ghost or doesn't exist and that one that line always came off as like a know-it-all like uh ben and i talk about music all the time and there's been times when i've been in a car and somebody will say something about a song and i'll know something that they may not have necessarily heard and i can't come off like a pretentious douche and like that just is what it reminded me of is somebody who who is you know no either is just more into that or whatever, but understands yeah. what was happening there, and that person doesn't. And maybe I just got this vibe from it, like they didn't act maybe very nice about it the way because this right. definitely seems like a relationship type thing that's that she's that's stuck. She's stuck in it. Exactly. it stuck doesn't make it sound like something you really want to do. No, I no. So brilliant, stuck in the past, like drawing rings around Saturn, just round and round and round. I mean, it, it's just, it's so beautiful. Seems like stuck in a relationship. Yeah, follows the pattern, as that lyric says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do have a question on the production. So this is okay. there. There's going to be a lot of songs on this record that have string arrangements. Do you feel like yeah. maybe the strings were used too much? Because there's going to be a few songs coming up where I'm like, I really wish you wouldn't have used the strings on this, but cool, that's fine. What'd you guys think of that? Well, they don't they don't bother me ever at all. Um, I I feel like this the reason part of the reason I love this record so much is because I think the production is pristine. Um, so so I don't feel that way. What do you think, Wayne? Well, my one criticism of this record because here's the thing an acoustic guitar, that kind of that indie feel. And then the strings is a, is it a really cool sound? But mm-hmm. when you use it on every track, almost every track, then what happens is every, some of the songs start to sound the same. That was my one yeah. complaint was the re- this song, which we just talked about. There's not a song on here that I didn't enjoy listening to and, and trying to figure out what was happening, but it, when it starts, it sounds like a Shin song, and then it starts to remind me of Patient Zero, and then right. I get I get then it starts to remind me of of Knock It Off, or it starts to remind me uh-huh. of other. And it feels like I've already heard it. So lyrically, I, they're yeah. all brilliant. And that that line about the living memory of vapor, just like it just like pu- punched me in the face when I first heard it. I thought that was just absolutely brilliant. But like I say, acoustic guitar and a string quartet has a really cool sound. But when you use it all on every almost every track, then it starts to make all the tracks musically sound too similar. 
I agree with that. Yeah, I I hear that. And I think, you know, when you're making a record, you want there to be a common thread in general. But yeah, maybe it it got a little too common. Um, Yeah, on some of the songs. I, I would agree on some other songs. This one just didn't bother me yet. (laughs) <laughs> yes right right yeah the 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 ooh is is on a lot of the songs as yeah. well and right and um towards the end of the record there were a couple songs that my scores are going to reflect that i was just like i'm a little over it but it starts to get me yeah, yeah 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 and i agree all right so one one other question that i have before we we get some scores so this won the the 2018 Grammy for best folk album. Is do you oh, guys I, consider I this a folk album? You know what? Maybe not. That. Maybe not Go 1960, ahead. but yeah, I I I think I can see that. I mean, listening to it, I I I could accept that. I mean, whatever wins her a Grammy, I think is fair. She it was a brilliant album. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And I think a lot of times the labeling and what falls under what is just our lack of uh, creativity and uh, what what to call a genre, you know, not not us, not us three, <laughs> <laughs> but just the music industry as a whole. I mean, how many categories are we going to have? Like, I feel like there should be an Amy Mann category, and she should win everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have a problem. That's with that. the dumbest thing I've ever said. But anyway, <laughs> I love it. Let's do it. Let's petition yeah, the, the, the Grammy Awards for that. And, and, and the yeah. winner for Amy Mann Record of the Year is Amy Mann. There you go. Love it. Yeah. All yeah. right. Let, let's get some scores. So um, I'm giving this a six. Lee, your score? Five. I, I gave it a two because as I listened to the record more and more, I started to hear those other, those other songs. And then because lyrically, they're – it's just amazing. There's, I mean, reading through it, every song at least has a couple of lines where I just go, that is maybe the coolest thing I've ever, I've ever heard in a song, but musically it got drugged down into the bottom half because it sounded like a lot of other songs. Okay. Yeah. I hear you. All All right. Next song is you never loved me. As far as I know, I mean, all I've got is Wikipedia, but she's been married to the same person for 20 years. So I, she, I didn't see anything where she's ever been divorced. Um, I'm sure she's had breakups, but this cat, this is song is about divorce. There's some great lines in there about, you know, being, what is it? Uh, being in a, in a, in a room with a vanishing groom. I mean, that's clearly a reference to divorce. There's also a part where she says, uh, I will stipulate that I lost the fight stipulates a real lawyer word that you put into things. So she's, she's made it clear what this is about, but that she just captured that end of a relationship self pity where you, it's much easier to say, 
she never loved me than to say she used to love me and maybe I did some stuff and now she doesn't. Right. So never, it's much. So for her to capture that so well, I, it just, at the more I, I, I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And then also a little thing that I caught in headphones is the male harmony is in the left channel and the female harmony is in the right channel. Yeah. Completely separate. Yeah, that's cool. That's always a good choice anyway, but creatively, yeah, it it makes a point. That's really cool. I didn't and notice I she, that. She even put in, and they're towards the end, but there's like these, uh, this military snare drum, like you would hear at like a military funeral uh-huh. that, and, and so that just comes, I think it comes in twice towards the end, real, real kind of subtly and quickly, but it just has a very powerful effect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. these and, are some of the some of my favorite lyrics on the whole record. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So Wayne, we just did an episode about John Bryan, who was uh Amy's love interest before Michael Penn. He it, John Bryan was on the I'm with Stupid record. Um yeah. was part of Till Tuesday towards the end of that. Uh, that run is this a john bryan song <laughs> well we could be the first to make that connection i uh, i'm just but if you're trying to get amy man on the podcast i don't know that i would start rumors <laughs> like that. i'm yeah. not starting a rumor i'm 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 legitimately asking because this song this song seems so personal this seems like uh, a breakup song and and you know wayne to your point she's been married to michael for for 20 plus years. And so, um, or maybe this is one of those songs like Lee, you, you said that you sat on a song for 13 years. I wonder if this is a song that, that Amy sat on for 18 years. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, and women have, and not, not that men don't, but we have wonderful, vivid imaginations, especially creatives and, it could be about a friend of hers. It could be yeah. someone that it, she's held in her heart her whole life, but it doesn't mean she loves her husband any less. But, you know, that's just the way of the world. It's part of the human condition. She, who knows what's going on and, and, and what, who knows what this song's about. I, I don't know. Um, but it leaves, I just love that it leaves me with this gorgeous thing to mull over and just you know be completely confounded with these lyrics and how someone uh can can write them and i don't know sometimes i just imagine like what is she doing all day is she just sitting there writing this brilliant stuff what happened i want to watch it well i saw an episode of portlandy where i think she cleans houses so. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I saw, saw that, that one too, too. <laughs> well, i will say either. i will say to ben's to, to Ben's suspicion, there are two clues in here that say that don't eliminate John Bryan because he, whoever it was, he went from where she is. Uh, I'm maybe at the time, if that was the East coast, then possibly all the way right. to the West coast, 3000 miles away. And the tumbleweed lexicon makes me believe that he's, he's maybe a musician, at least somebody that moves around. Mm-hmm. Right. So we can't eliminate well, don't him. They, can say that. Don't they? Yeah, you can't eliminate them. <laughs> what, do they? Don't they both live out in California? They do now, yeah. 
Yeah, they do now. Hmm. Well, I don't know. All right. Well, uh, for for my for my episode notes for the Amy Mann episode that I hope to do one day. Um, yeah. You know, that's yes. She's definitely on my must have on the podcast at some point in the future. So first, first question, Wayne is who is the you in the, you never loved me. That'll be the first question we ask her. Good luck with that. I know it'll probably be the shortest episode that we ever do because she'll be like interview over. First of all, First of all, it's oh, not no. fair because the first question they're going to ask her is, what T-shirt is she wearing? So uh, well, it's not true. the first question. <laughs> that's Better true. Here. All right. Let's let's uh, let's get some scores on this. So, Wayne? I give it a 10. All right. And Lee? I believe, let me count down, I think it's a 6. It is. And I give this a 5. That leads us up to right. next song, which is Roller Coasters. Oh, yeah. So high as you fell, looking down on the tops of the trees. So high, high, high. And all you can do is say, Lee, All right. you like this song, and unfortunately, I think Wayne and I didn't share your your appreciation of this song. So, what is it about this song that uh, that you like so much? Um, I like the there's something in the uh, the harmonies, like the really high. I like that she sings high on this song. Um, that chorus so high. Da, yeah. da, 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 da. I think it's the melody for me. Um, let me get these lyrics up so I'm looking at them. Um, yeah, it just made me feel like I was on a roller coaster. Are we talking about so yeah. so while you're looking? You like how it feels round and round till you lose yourself in the air, and it just I love it. It just it's like please, like let me come down, like like the other person you know loves to be up there maybe take the risk all the time and and what is he saying you were conjuring that year a ghost engineer building gods who could put the clock in reverse and she just wants to come down and that's how it made it that's how it made me feel um god the lyrics were just so beautiful uh so high as you fell looking down on the tops of the trees so high all you can do is say please baby please yeah, it just—I just feel like she wants to come down, and it—it it just is so whimsical and sweet and desperate in a way. Um, and I—and I think, like I said, I like hearing her. Those really sweet high harmonies get me every time. <laughs> and that's—and that's Amy essentially on all of the background singers, right? Right. That, that's her looped yes. in. Yeah. And no string arrangements on this one. No. I didn't. Yeah. To me, this song was all about the please, 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 baby, please. Like if this, if that was the whole song, because every time she did that, it 
almost made me cry. Like it's very, it's, there's something Emotional. even this, yeah, yeah there's some, she was able to put more into it than is there. Cause I, I mean, I, first I thought roller coaster, you know, it's about, you know, the relationship, how it has its ups and downs. And then you, you know, you dig into it a little more and it seems like, I, yeah, I think like along the lines of what Lee was saying is one person is, is taking risks maybe. And I don't know, it never really, it's never really clear what kind of risks, but this other person is living dangerously at, to some degree. And the other person is, is not on board. Maybe they're older and it's something they, they, you know, they had together when they were young, but some of the lines about just the, uh, the complicated deals, the desperate appeals calling out to a God, you know, isn't there. There's just uh, so much in it. But when she says, please, 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 baby, please. It just, it like just grabbed my heart every time the way she says it, there's something extra in it that just. Exactly. Unbelievable. That's that's like, part of why it's my favorite that that desperate appeal um yeah I just think it's one of the most emotional for me and it's one that like I always will like you know I'll get to the end of the record I'll go back to this one like five times in a row (laughs) now I feel horrible about my score (laughs) Um, oh it's okay yeah so, so I got a question for you on the um on the one lyric of please give me hide spirals or spite failing or flight the boosters ignite i so i, I love the alliteration that's going on there and the, and the rhyming but is she so i could take that that whole please give me hide two different ways the first is she's wanting to go high um up in the sky with that roller coaster or the ferris wheel but I also took it as a, as a, I remember my kids wanting to go on certain rides and they weren't, they weren't tall enough. So they didn't have the height in order to even get on the, the, the rides. Oh, right. So I'm wondering, is there, is there a double meaning here or am I just reading way too much into it? Cause I'm a father. Yeah. I think it's the, I think it's the latter. Uh, but I did like, like, like with falling or flight. When I thought about that, it's very, I mean, when you think about that from high altitude, it's, it's almost the same thing as I, I mean, the, the, the rush of falling, I mean, it feels like you're being propelled when you're really, it's just gravity. Um, but that the boosters ignite almost is like, you know, you've got me into this ride again and you know, let's, I mean, uh, here we are, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and there's, there's something in this song that's sort of, it's helpless and it's innocent. It's almost like when somebody makes you get on a ride. And I have that experience a lot as a child because I hate roller coasters. And and that particular uh, little verse, you know, it's like, please give me the height, but I'm going to hate it, but it's fun. And I'm, I'm trying to let go and I can't and I want to get off. Um but yeah, the song is so much. It's so emotional, and and it just feels out of control, like kind of how you feel on a roller coaster, depending on how you feel about roller coasters and heights. And I happen to be afraid of both, so maybe that's why it affects me that way. Because I I understand that desperation, like please, please, like let's get down. I don't like this. Maybe my score is projecting how much I hate roller coasters as well. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that could that could be a little something. All right, let's get some scores. So Wayne, 
My score is is a five, but it's because I'm the guy who loves the roller coasters that that the other person is not fond of anymore. So, so I think it, it might have lost some there. There you go. And then Lee, nine. And I gave this a three. So, and like Woo! I said, I I feel shame on you. I feel bad. All right, <laughs> moving on. Lies of okay. some. Picture on a closed circuit Boy, you lost it all Thinking you could rework it Stole a credit card and ran away Back in Louisville they called the play And now we'll all rewind and just Listen for the lies of summer And Wayne, tell me why this is your favorite song on the record. It's, it's haunting, but it has this, if you look, I mean, I kind of like locked in on the drums and the bass. It's got this real strong, like super cool groove, like that you would kind of associate with summer, even though all this other stuff is going on over the top of it, that kind of creates this much more haunting and somber tune. I just locked into this. It's got a groove into it in it that, that is unmistakable. And like I say, the, the, the chorus is, is, is like, right. Is right in there with that. The thing that I liked also is that her, you know, when you try to break down what she's or, or attempt to break down what she's trying to say or whatever, when you think of the lies of summer, you have to reverse and think of what are the things you always associate with summer. And it's, you know, the, the sunny, you know, days and the long days, the days that never end. It, you know, when you were a kid, you know, in school, it's like summer seemed to last forever. And then all of a sudden it was gone. And then that made me, so I'm thinking those are the, those are the lies of summer. And then I started looking at the verse parts, which are really cool. Like they kind of are this more monotonous kind of almost spoken thing. And then the, then she kind of changes the melody of it as she goes into the last two lines and gives it a, a really different feel from everything else. But I broke down kind of each verse and it's, it's almost like it's about death. Like, and that's what made me think the lies of summer, you know, summer seems the days seem to last forever, you know, summer lasts, you know, it's three months, but when you're, you're a kid, it seems like it's a hundred years, but the first verse almost seems like the, with the reference to closed circuit, it almost, it, it felt like a, like maybe a, like a robbery at a convenience store where, where this, where this guy gets killed. And then the second one had a real uh, drug feel to it. Cause it, and ghost is mentioned twice. Um, and then the third one, all I could see was like this, you know, an operating room where your loved one is behind this plexiglass window being operated on and the paper gown and the, and the doctors are referenced and it, so it felt like it was about death, and that's really the lie. The lie of summer is that it just it goes on forever. And Lee, you just wow. experienced one of <laughs> Wayne's over analysis of songs. No, I don't. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that over analysis. I feel like this song is a lie of summer. That's why. That's why it's low on my on my list because I feel like she. The lyrics are so complicated, so interesting. There's such a story there. 
And then the chorus is just, we'll all rewind and just listen for the lies of summer. And I'm like, this song's a lie, dude. I, what are you doing? And it, it kind of, what is this, the Jayhawks all of a sudden? I, it, it just, it confused me. It, it, it confused me too much. But, you know, I'm looking at the lyrics and I heard what Wayne said and he's totally right. It's, it's way more interesting than that. But she threw me, she threw me with that simple, those two simple chorus lines. I, it wasn't enough to make the, the rest of it make sense. Yeah. And, yeah, and, that's my and and Lee, I want you to record. So every time that Wayne goes through one of his little diatribes, I want to be able to play a little sound clip of somebody going, "There he goes, <laughs> there he goes again." Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get some scores right. on this. So Wayne, I already know what your score is. So this is your eleven. Uh, this yeah, this is my favorite song. I like this song too. I give this a nine, and then Lee. Dang, y'all. Mine is a is a two. It's, a, it's all good. Sorry, that what goes nope. around comes around. Exactly. There you are. It's all perspective. All perspective. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, next song, Patient Zero. They served you champagne like a hero When you landed someone carried your back From here on out your patient zero Smelling ether as they hand you the rack Life is good You look around and think I'm in the right neighborhood But honey you just moved in Life is grand and wouldn't you like to have it go as planned? And right. there's also a video for this one. Did anybody see the video for this one? It's about a hermit. I her- do. Oh, I've, got, I've got some viewing to do. It's about a hermit crab. Yeah. <laughs> and Amy is in it for about seven seconds. <laughs> I didn't even see her. Yeah, she's uh, after the play. She and Michael come in for like a split second to uh, say hi to Bradley Whitford. Oh, I did not even recognize them. That's weird. Yeah. I watched go. the video twice and I didn't see that. Yeah, and and so Lee, I try and guess every week. I try and guess what Wayne's favorite song is gonna be. And okay. I and I thought that this was gonna be his favorite song. I just thought that there was a okay. lot of um of uh punk rock type of lyrics in this yeah and so i was i was uh i was surprised that he didn't go with this because there's again there's the like the yeah yeah the hip hip hooray hocus pocus with some magic you can fly through the air but when you're the guy playing focus or pulling focus there are people who wish you weren't there best lines are you oh yeah so good this was a great song. I had heard it was uh, after a meeting with Andrew Garfield, which actually helped to overanalyze the song was to know a little bit about where it came from. Because then once I heard that, you can hear all the Hollywood references. Um, there's a reference to uh, the magic. You can make him fly through the air. Obviously, he mm. played Spider-Man. Yeah. Okay. Because when, when, when I first heard it, Patient Zero is the first person 
with the with an infection. So it's it's almost like it's it felt like maybe narcissism. But as I read it, as I listened to it, and and also actually Wikipedia Andrew Garfield, I think it's more of how they make you feel in Hollywood when you're the it guy, when you're the new hot thing. They make you feel like you're the first, exactly, yeah, the most important one. And so then when I heard that, uh, it it kind of made all the other pieces fall into place. And I used to re- I used to love Raymond Chandler novels. And so when there was a, a reference to Carmen Sternwood, I thought that was I thought that was incredible. I don't know where yeah. she where she came up with that. Uh, but this one this one had the feeling of a single. Like it felt like it had extra stuff. I mean, I think Ted Leo's on this one, um, but it just felt like it had a, they gave it a little bit of extra treatment. And I think, I mean, when you look at the lyrics, this is one of the more complex songs. I think it absolutely deserved it. Uh, but it, it did, it did definitely have a highlight feel like, like early on, they knew this is something we want. We want to right. represent the album with. Put, put some focus on it. Yeah. I'm yeah, glad you told me who really Carmen Sternwood was because I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, and I don't know if she's referencing it from the because uh, there were uh, the Big Sleep was uh, with Humphrey Bogart. I think it was actually might have even been redone with uh, James Garner too. But it's okay. it's like a couple of Raymond Chandler novels that I think were were pulled together to make one. And uh, it was a, it was, but it's been a movie I think a couple of times. I got some homework wow. to do. Okay. Wow, Lee, what you yeah. got on this one? Yeah, it's just it's just so uh, so um, thick. It's just so thick with lyrics that you just want to that you glom onto. That you know you you just it, it gives you a million miles to walk, wondering what in the world is she singing about it. I mean, if you're not Wayne, <laughs> <laughs> Wayne, Wayne's gonna figure it out. Not my first friend, yeah. <laughs> but. I'm a, you know, I just listen, I just listen, like dumbly listen to this preacher that I think is so magic and so brilliant. I mean, she's so smart. And to come up with these, these beautifully crafted, uh, this poetry. And um, so, yeah, this was one of my favorites. And I love when she says, life is good, look around and think I'm in the right neighborhood. But honey, you just moved in. I mean, I was like, holy crap, she's just. I mean, it just doesn't stop. The lyrics on this thing are just, they just don't stop. It just keeps getting more brilliant. Wouldn't you like to have it go as planned? I mean, it's very convicting and and interesting and complicated. And it's definitely, um, yeah, it's it's definitely one of my favorites. But yeah, the whole thing is, I love the whole record. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get some scores. So I'm giving this a four. Wayne? A seven. And then Lee. All right, mine. Ten, eight, seven, six, five, four. Uh, what is it? Four. That's a four. Yeah. All right. Next song right. is "Good for Me." Traces on a trip. 
And all I gotta say is, this could be the best first line ever. What a waste of a smoke machine. Oh, I know. That's oh, the, my God. That's the best freaking first line ever. I mean, yeah. I, I I just, I can't even deal with it. <laughs> yeah, and then it doesn't, and, and then it keeps on, I mean, it doesn't disappoint. It just keeps on going. <laughs> it's incredible. I I will tell you that this is my second favorite song on the record, and it is because yeah. of it is because of the lyrics, uh, like the the ending of the rec of this particular song is just awesome. Blasting deep underground, getting down to the con- uh, continental shelf. I'll pretend I'm surprised yeah. by the lies that I'm telling to myself that you're good for me. That you're good for me. I mean, it's it's uh, it's so it, it, it's it's there's so much depth there and uh and yeah it makes me think of all the things i mean that that i tell myself are, are good for me it describes the human condition of what you have to go through to tell yourself something's good for you when it's just not <laughs> and and it's done so eloquently um and and beautifully totally that's yeah. that's exactly how I'm I'm getting this. I would love to hear this song just Amy in a piano. Like leave oh, all the other production now. stuff out, the backing <laughs> vocals. I mean most of the most uh, of the strings sound like a lot of the other songs, except I love yeah. the strings at the end of this song, which is yeah. why I I which is why I don't completely blow that off where I'm like, no, I only want to hear Amy in a piano, but I would love Love, love, love to hear her just do this in a you know smoky cigar bar. Uh, of course, yeah. She wouldn't. I would pay so much money to see that to do her do to hear her do this whole record like that. Yes. You no, know, at at Largo. I mean, let's do it. Let's make her do it. How do we do that? <laughs> how do we? How do we? How do we make that happen? That would be fantastic. She's probably done it. That's the thing. She's probably already done it. Right. Right. That's Wayne, amazing. what else what else you got on this? What what over analysis are you gonna to provide to us on the lyrics? Uh, you know, I don't I don't have a ton. I know I wrote down the exact same thing. My last thing I wrote down was I would like to hear her at just a piano. Um because I think the strings wow. they don't overdo it. It comes in in the bridge and then the ooh oohs and the and the strings come in at the outro. But I mean just it always the initially when I heard it, it reminds me and I don't remember what critic was talking about it, but he was saying that um, like he would write a review and it, it would say like, this is the farthest thing from the best movie in the year that you're ever going to see. And that the studio would cut out best movie you're ever going to see and put, and then his name underneath it. And so this fell right in that line. It's good for me, but it's really the whole thing is this is not good for me, but you're just cutting out that one part and giving it this different feel. Cause I mean, at one point she's, she's comparing, basically comparing it to drug addiction. Um, and right. she's, she's comparing it to escaping a prison. Um, and then, uh, the one thing that it started, this is where I, I now, since I did that episode with Liz Longley and have been converted to Joni Mitchell's blue, everything I hear from a female singer songwriter, I'm going, I'm finding their, their Joni Mitchell influence. And there's something, there's a quality in Amy Mann's voice that she doesn't sound, I wouldn't say she sounds exactly like Joni Mitchell or anything, but there's a quality in her voice that ha- she has a very Joni Mitchell quality inner voice and then of course with the piano it reminded me of some of those songs off blue but yeah the 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 imagery in this is so vivid yeah 
I did. Yeah, it. it really is. Yeah. All right. Did we cover this song? Should we get some scores? Yeah. All I right. I think so. All right. So I already told you this is my second favorite. Wayne? I give it an eight. And then Lee? It's an eight. It's an eight for me as well. Fantastic. All right. Next song is Knock It Off. But now they're gone Oh baby, knock it off It can't just stand there from her from along An overdose is almost clearer A diagnosis is a mirror And again, since I have the benefit of seeing people's scores, so Lee, what do you like about this song? Uh, this song is the mo- like the easiest for me to understand. Uh, it's the most like literal, like sh- what she was talking about. Um, and it and it struck me as very uh, sad for the guy that needs to lock to to knock it off um, and and leave this this uh, this personal uh, this personal loan. It just, sounded um yeah just just very personal and i and i understood it and i get it i've kind of been through a a similar circumstance and uh and um yeah i just thought she knocked it out with the melody and the lyrics it's just it's just gorgeous and this is the one i go back and listen to the most um but i love the line you can't just stand there on her front lawn like knock it off leave her alone I got to say that there's two lines in this song that kept making me think about say anything, the movie. Uh, The first one is Seattle finally couldn't hold her, which that was supposed to be set in Seattle. And then the line that Lee just, that Lee just uh, mentioned, which is you can't stand there on her front lawn. Always made me think of uh, Lloyd Dobler with the boombox over his head. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what it, Reminds me of it. It worked out for for him for Lloyd. They end up going off together. But but yeah, this is just it's just so uh, pathetic and beautiful and sweet and sad all at the same time. And I know it's very simple, um, but it's just it's so great. Come on, get in the car. It's over. You're just building up more regret. You don't get any four leaf clover yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so good. Yeah. So good. I can totally see this song on the Magnolia soundtrack. Could you not? Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And all I can yeah. all I can say is, Amy, wise up. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I had to do that. Total, total horrible <laughs> joke. All right. Let's get some scores. Uh, Lee, I know what your score is. Yeah. Yep. Top My number score one. For you. Wayne. I gave it a three, but it's all about the 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 music that sonically it sounded very similar to uh, three or four, five other songs. And, but I I say every time it was all I could see was Ione sky and John Cusack in this whole song. I love that. (laughs) I didn't think, I didn't think about that. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. I give this a seven. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, next song, Philly sinks. (laughs) 
sinks at the floor Philly sinks And when he sinks you go down And when you do you both drown Congratulations you hit the mark You got the bird on the Electronic bloodhound spark The wind of mockingbirds sing Philly thinks And when he thinks you can't feel anymore Philly drinks At least yeah. he did <laughs> You know, here, here's my note. So yesterday, yesterday I was on the plane coming back from Detroit and I was listening to this record and making some notes and it was late afternoon and it totally made me hungry for a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> it's been too long oh, since I've been in Philly. So um, I need a Tony Luke's or I'd even take a Pat or a Gino's as well. So for, for my friends in Philly, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't love this song at all. In fact, this is the only song on the record that I would say I would fast forward. Um, right. the next time I listen to this, it just didn't yeah. do it for me. The, the, the ooze and the strings again, too reminiscent of the previous songs. I just didn't really like the lyrics as much. Um, yeah. the animatronic bloodhounds bark. Yeah. I don't, no, I don't, I don't I, know. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah. and, and honestly, I, I'm not invested enough in this song to, to do a Wayne deep dive on the lyrics either. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, me either. Yeah. I, I, I was not, a, I'm not, I'm not a fan when I always fast forward just cause I like, you, like you said, it, it was, uh, hard to invest. I don't know if it's cause his name is Philly. Um, right maybe the same thing happened to me the same thing happened to me because when i think of a guy named philly i always assume like a guy with a a bit role in the sopranos so i'm seeing this big (laughs) heavy set mobster he's not a sympathetic character and this is like a this is supposed to be like i don't care like stop drinking philly i I don't want to hear about it i I see him in a in a track suit because he you know that or or and so, yeah, but it's a, it is a very clever analogy for an accurate analogy for alcoholism. I get all that. I think like my, my score sunk because it was almost too easy to kind of, to, to see what was, there wasn't as much, I don't know, mystery, I guess it was pretty, yeah. it was pretty straightforward, I think. And like I say, I, I'm trying to see a sympathetic character at a bar who's drinking his life away. And I see this mobster who's probably gonna take the guy out in the back and put a bullet through the back of his head he's not sympathetic no and i yeah the but i was hopeful the first time i heard the song when i heard the line he picks a girl he can live without and puts her down over there i thought that i think that line is absolutely like brilliant and and beautiful and so i thought oh man this this is going great and then the chorus hits and i was like nope i'm done Yeah. So yeah, not my not my favorite. No, mine neither. Like I said, least least favorite for me. And then Wayne, what was your score on this one? 
I gave it a four because it it does have some interesting. It's got an interesting, almost like waltz feel to it. So it it stood out musically, but but like I say, lyrically, it was it was too easy to kind of see the whole picture. Almost you know, right. there's too much information there. To, it was too easy to see. I like to I like to overanalyze. Just taking that away from me. There you go. Right. All right. All right. Second to last song. This is Simple Fix. So somebody help me with this because she keeps talking about how there's a simple fix for the wrong mix. But does she ever tell us what exactly the fix is? It's to leave. Is that it? It's, yeah. Okay. Just leave. It's to leave? Yeah. This this relationship is, is she's not, it's not. Does she, ever, does she ever say that in the lyrics though of just. No. Wise up I, and get so, out. It's so, it's so simple. You should know, Ben. Okay. Well. I guess I do. <laughs> have she and Michael hit the skids? That was no, I, you know what? I don't, and I don't, I, I've never heard anything like that. Um, I just, me neither. I, honestly, listening to, uh, it always reminds me of like that, that thing I'd, I'd heard Bruce Springsteen say, I'm, I'm just that good. Right. 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 But yeah, you know, here we go again. It's obvious. Here we go again, the two of us. We've just become our worst mistakes, the rattles of two rattlesnakes, the antidote that no one takes. So here we go again. I mean, what in the world? What is that? So, but, you know, it's, it's like uh, it could be about anything, any relationship. It could be, it'd be about a friendship, but it is. It's pretty damning for whatever relationship that is. Oh, well, I really I, I love it. But my 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 comments were. Um, so I wrote this in the margin of the lyrics and um, the last, the last portion of this song, I said, dang it, you ruined it again at the end with too many of the ooze and the ooze. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, ultimately this, this suffered from that same thing. Uh, and a spade is a spade seems trite compared to a living memory of vapor. It just, I felt right. like I, I don't have anything bad to say. Um, I just feel like, it it sounded a lot like stuff I'd already heard done better. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's placement in the album at this point. I've heard I've heard this song done better. If this would have right. been if this would have been maybe the second or third track, would our scores? Have I, been I, I I absolutely think my score would be different if it had been up yeah. front. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, yeah, that's a good point, and. Yeah, as much as I love the record as a whole, y'all are kind of making me think of it uh, production-wise differently than I had. And they, and I guess they did 
over i mean that's a really interesting to think about as an artist making records too you just don't want to overdo the same trick over and over again it just happens to be a really good trick for her she's really good oh, yeah. at it um so tasteful but it does it did affect the way you know the record was stacked at the end it's so yeah some of those songs suffered you know as far as you know skippability <laughs> i'll skip over some that you know just didn't they didn't do it for me. So that's probably why. Yeah. All right. Let's get some scores on this. Wayne, what you got? Uh, this is my least favorite. And then Lee. Okay. The nine for me. It's a three. I was going the wrong direction. Three. Yeah. That we're going down. No, no <laughs> worries. No worries. And, uh, I, I give this a two. And then okay. let's let's wrap this up. This is poor judge. For you was a last ditch plan. You sized me up with your thumb on the scale. I came up short, but you do what you can. Glamour's nothing without the This is another one where a part of me would have liked no strings. I really dig the piano playing on this song. And yeah. um, I think that this is a really good album closer as well. Oh, yeah. Really- yeah. It revived, you know, the sins of the, the, the few songs before it, it was like, okay, yeah, we're wrapping it up with something really, really important and gorgeous. That's my opinion. Yep. Yes. I would agree. And and I would have thought that, Wayne, you would have given us an over-analysis of the lyrics on this one. No? Um, I probably could. Uh, I wrote, like, <laughs> I know I read that John Roderick uh, was a co-writer on this, and I think that it does give it a different – it has a different feel, um, a little darker, a little more um, – definitely fits good as a conclusion. Um, I And I definitely heard more of a, a more Joni Mitchell – uh, in this one yeah. also, uh, yeah. but I, I just, and I, I just absolutely love that chorus, which is very simple. It's just two lines and she spaces them out just right. But I even love more. I loved even more how she changes right after the, you might've found some other reason. She changes the next line every single time to different with, uh, you know, uh, burn like a tissue screen, left me in the dark ravine, led me to the guillotine. She she changed that every time to give it a, just, I don't know, give it a more lively feel. Like it's it's not, even though that chorus is the same and the line leading up to that line is the same, then she she just keeps you, just keeps you on your toes with, with something yeah. different to describe, you know, what this guy has done to her. I mean, how, like guillotine, that's, uh, that's rough. And, and we had we had talked on a on another episode of I, I think we were talking about the motel's total control, where when she sang, you know, I would I just I want I trade my soul for total control, and we were talking about how you can hear in her voice that she knows she's not going to get it. This is the exact opposite. When she says that this is over, that I'm not going to, you know, you can keep calling, but I'm not going to answer. 
Like it has I, this feel of, yeah, this is it. I'm absolutely done with this. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It, 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 this, this, I mean, the whole record, there's no laziness in the lyrics, but especially, especially in this song, um, you know, there, there's absolutely not a wasted word. It's so beautiful and it's so touching to hear the where I feel, I feel that way. I, I feel like a lot of people do. My heart is a poor judge and it harbors an old grudge. I mean, that's what we're all trying to shake off and, and do better about. And it's just, it's such a gorgeous line. Or those, those are gorgeous lines. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of my favorites. Yep. Agreed. Those grudges, yeah. they come back and haunt us, don't those they? Those grudges, yeah. Yeah, and you don't, uh, it, it's a killer. You can't do it. I know. I always go back to uh, Don Henley's Heart of the Matter. I'm thinking about yeah. forgiveness, even if you don't love me anymore. All right. Um, yeah. All right, let's get some scores on this. Wayne, what you got? Uh, nine. And then Lee? I believe mine was a seven. There we go. And I gave it an eight. So did we did we cover everything? Did we miss anything on mental illness? No. I so it was so fun so. to it was so fun to talk about. Thank you guys for having me. This was awesome. Absolutely. Well You're let's welcome. let's let's take a look at what our top songs on the record were. We like to look at what our top five is. Any guesses on what our uh, top score was? I think Gray Snow uh, Cone, maybe. Goose Snow Cone. I don't know why I always say gray. I guess that's what color of goose yeah goose snow cone yeah <laughs> that, that would be our number one that would had an average score of nine number two Eight. poor judge Eight. poor judge poor was judge. our third was, was our uh, third okay uh good for Blended. me was number two that's uh, right good for me yeah um sorry to say this lee but lives of summer was our fourth <laughs> Because Wayne, Wayne Wayne pretty much tipped it, and I gave it a <laughs> yeah. nice nice score as well. And then we have a tie. He just for, wants to hear. He just he just wants to hear Amy Mann sing a Jayhawk song. It's fine. That, that's it. That's it. <laughs> she could and do blue. I would love that. That would be yeah, great. Too, that would and, then, be. and then we have a tie for fifth for "You Never Loved Me" and "Knock It Off." Those were average scores of seven. Love so. it. Yeah. So that's a good, that's a solid top. Well, I guess I have to say it's a top six because there was a tie for yeah. fifth. That's solid tie. though, right? Yeah. 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 That's very solid. So Lee, this was a lot of fun. So oh, absolutely. Rem- reminder. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I really, really enjoyed hearing y'all's insight into one of my favorite records and Definitely, I'll listen to it again tomorrow and, and have some different thoughts on it. So that's that's always exciting and welcome. So thank you. Absolutely. Remind remind our listeners where they can find all the happenings of Lee Nash. Oh, man, you can go to LeeNash.net. I'm very active on Instagram. My name is Lee Bird Nash, like a bird in the sky. Uh, and uh, where else? Facebook. Um yeah, but leenash.net, you can find out where I'm touring, and there's some excellent touring news that should be coming out tomorrow that involves me and Howard Jones. So, nice. Um, 
Nice. Yeah, I'll be listening. Be be on the lookout for that. I'll be coming out your way very soon, folks. Fantastic. So one last question um, that I've been asking all of our guests. So who do you know that I don't know who would want to join us on this podcast to revisit one of their favorite records? Ooh, I'm, that's an exciting question. Um, uh-huh. I don't... <laughs> I bet that uh, if you guys, I mean, are you interested in country music at all? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know Jace Everett, um, who wrote Baby Lock Them oh, Doors and Turn the Lights Down Low. He did the theme song to True Blood? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that'd be awesome. Guess, yeah, if, you, if you're interested in him, I'll text him about it uh, first thing tomorrow. Cool. Let's Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So as a reminder, you can find all of our happenings on our Facebook page for the Records Revisited podcast. We're on Instagram. Wayne, fix that now. So um, uh, it's not the podcast. It's not the podcast anymore. It is the Records Revisited <laughs> podcast. Uh, we're also on Twitter at <laughs> Podcast Records. Uh, it's a whole thing, Lee. Uh, Wayne Wayne misspelled podcast. You know, he had one job. He had one job. <laughs> Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Castbox, Stitcher, iHeartMedia, and find all of our episodes at recordsrevisitpodcast.com. So thanks for I'm listening. Ready. Please go support the arts. Go to live show, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on Record Store Day. We are Records Revisited, and we are out. out.